Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. Today, well, first of all, Happy New Year. Today, like many podcasts I'm sure that you listen to, we're going to be talking about kind of some forward thinking for the year, goals, habits, routines, because when I polled people on my Instagram, a large majority, like 85% of people were like, yes, let's talk about it. So I thought I would try to briefly, I'm hoping to make this brief, um, talk about like some things that I'm thinking of heading into this new year. I think it's just a good time to reset. I know some people are like, well, you don't have to wait till January 1st and you don't, but I think it's a good natural time to be reevaluating if it's not something that you're doing kind of regularly. So I have two separate categories or focuses. So one being myself as the mom, I think it's really important that we are, you know, attending to ourselves and not in like a self-care way. While that's not bad, I think sometimes we think like, oh, we got to do this self-care stuff, but really we need like the soul care. Like how are we taking care of and stewarding our bodies well so that we can come to behavior less triggered, right? Because when we're really stressed, when we're tired, when we're hungry, when we're not getting enough nutritious meals or nutrients into our body, then it's more work for our brains to contain things that we're trying to contain and we can more easily be triggered. So one of the focuses that I'm going to talk about today is what I'm going to be prioritizing for myself and then obviously for my kids and the behavior there. So for myself, I have a lot of different things that I want to just get consistent with. Drinking enough water, eating enough is really hard for me right now with the transition to three kids. I don't know. It's just that third kid just made it so much harder for me to like actually eat meals. And obviously it's going to get a little bit easier as she is like in a consistent routine of naps. But for right now, it's been more challenging for me. Um, I just have different like things that I want to do to also take away some of that extra decision making and decision fatigue that can happen because there's so much, especially if you're home all day, not saying that if you're not home, you don't have decision fatigue too, but I find that like just being immersed in behavior pretty much all day, it just, it just is so mentally, I don't want to say exhausting, but like exercising that the more that I have to think about other things, the more difficult it becomes for me. So For example, one of the things that I want to cut out some of that decision fatigue in is cleaning and coming up with like a cleaning schedule. So this isn't going to be something that I'm doing right now. Um, So I'm going, I'm making a list of all the different things that I want to be doing. So like I mentioned, water, food, cleaning schedule is one of them. So earlier, well, last year, (laughs) I decided um, to kind of do some of these things, just get more systems in place in our home. So as far as like 
meal planning and getting groceries. I do that on Friday and then make sure to have a grocery pickup or go get them on Saturday so that I have the rest of the weekend to kind of prep if I need to. And that also allows for me to have like a day of rest or like a Sabbath on Sunday because then I can be preparing all the other stuff on Saturday or I at least have it. Um, so just trying to kind of think about the different things in our household that could be put on a system. Okay, when are we going to vacuum? When are we going to clean the bathrooms, you know, sinks? Obviously, there's things that I just do every day, but that's something that I am thinking about. How can I take things that I'm having to do every week and create a system around it? So that's one of the things, making a list of those things and also just things that I want to get better at. And then Also, you know, involved with that is kind of the habit stacking. So if you don't know what that is, that's essentially just taking a habit you already have in place and then adding in something new that you want to create a habit around on top of that. So it's like a a cue for your brain, like, okay, I just did this. Now I'm going to do this. So for example, I'm not doing the best at drinking enough water. And so I decided that Every time after I either feed Luella or put her to sleep, I'm going to drink water. So like the feeding or the sleeping coming out of my room from putting her to sleep is now going to be my new cue, go drink water. And in advance, I have prepared a glass of water on the counter that is ready to drink. So I come out, drink the water, and then I refill it and then I set it back there so that it's ready for me. It's taking that decision of, okay, now I have to go get a glass, fill it with water, add my minerals, (laughs) you know, like that sounds silly, but in the grand scheme of the busyness of the day and like how tiring it can be or just like constantly, you know, being moving around, just like attending to every single thing, it's just one more thing. So I'm trying to think about those things and how can I make it easier on myself? So I would encourage you to do the same. What things do you want to get better at and how can you put them in place in your schedule? How can you create some habit stacking around it so that you're actually getting it done? And then the other piece of it is accountability. So for me, I thrive on accountability. It's much easier to, for me, to, um, do what I say I'm going to do when I know somebody else is going to be seeing it, you know? So for example, it doesn't mean like somebody is going to be like, Oh, did you exercise today? But for example, I'm doing, um, a Bible reading in a plan, <laughs> Bible reading in a year plan. And it's pretty cool actually, cause on the app you can do it with a bunch of people. And then there's a section called talk it over every day. And so you can input like something you got from the reading or, you know, that, that you felt convicted about or whatever. And it's just a way to be like, okay, I'm part of this group. So I'm going to be present here. And it doesn't always have to be somebody else, you know, like for example, with drinking water, if you struggle to drink water, maybe you put, you know, like maybe you want to drink three water bottles full of your water every day. So you take three rubber bands and you put them on your water bottle. And every time you finish a water bottle, you take a rubber band off. And so it's like this accountability check-in with yourself. You see two rubber bands still there, meaning I still got to drink some more water. And so I think just thinking about that, like how can you hold yourself accountable to things? Because for me, I love writing lists. I love checking things off my list, but I also, because I love doing that, I find that I see what I put in my planner. I'm like, oh, I can do way more than that. Like, 
I can do more than three things in a day. And when I get to the end of the day and I have hardly done anything, when I've actually done a lot of stuff, right? I just don't have it on the list. It can feel overwhelming, defeating, like I did nothing all day when in actuality I did a lot of stuff. So sometimes, um, you know, that leads me to, you know, when I see all these things that I still haven't done and it's nine o'clock at night and I'm tired, I'm like, well, I'm I'm not going to be able to do it all anyway. So I might as well just do nothing, (laughs) you know? And so that leads me to then not trusting that myself. Like I'm not going to do the things I say I'm going to do. So sometimes for me, I do need that extra accountability, you know, whether it's other people or some, like something that you check in with, Um, You know, if you do exercising, like having a group of people that just check in with their exercises can be really helpful. A couple other things I did mention Sabbath and I'm trying to really work on intentional rest with being home with my kids, but also growing my own business. There's a lot of stretching (laughs) in those areas, both, you know, parenting and work wise. And a lot of things that I have to learn on my own that I, I don't know that I don't know other people personally that I can, you know, talk with in real life about. And it's just all consuming. And even if you're not growing your own business, if you're a mom, if you work outside of the home, if you don't work outside of the home, but you're with your kids all day and you're homeschooling or whatever it is, like there is so much pull constantly. I feel like just as moms and women, like our brains are constantly going. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I have some (laughs) minutes to be to myself, I'm usually scrolling on social media. I am listening to a podcast or I'm reading a book. And while those things aren't bad, it's not resting for my brain, especially scrolling on social media. And sometimes we just need space. And I find that I don't give myself really any space. And so I'm trying to be really intentional about resting, giving myself a day to not be running around doing all the things and just doing what I'm enjoying, spending time with my family. Um, Maybe we have a project that we want to do around the house or, you know, just being in community with other people, saying yes to hanging out with others or, or family members, reading, just relaxing, no screens or anything involved, Uh, maybe the TV, but not, you know, social media. And then with that, throughout the week, I'm really trying to, you know, there'll be times that I, I like to read on my phone while I'm sitting with my boys while they, while they fall asleep. But I think it's also important for me and probably for you as well to actually just sit in silence sometimes. I feel like that's really challenging and it's not like you can't think anything, but just not be constantly consuming. And then that kind of leads me into my goal for social media. I noticed that for me, I'm missing a huge component of community at this stage in my life, at this season, um, and in our physical location, you know, I stay home with my kids while also working from home and homeschooling, but we also live in the country and my friends, none of my friends stay home. They all work outside of the home. And so I am feeling like I don't really have community, (laughs) at least not during the day. And so that makes it really difficult for me sometimes when I'm feeling tired, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I tend to go to social media and just like binge watch stories and waste a bunch of time doing that because it feels like I am in community with people. Even though we're not connecting, I kind of feel like I am because I'm getting a glimpse into other people's lives. But with that, I've noticed that when I do that, I have less patience and I'm just more moody 
And I'm guessing it's just because, you know, the screen light and all the stimulation. It's not like I'm feeling jealous or something about what I'm seeing or like I have to live up to a certain standard. It's just I think all the stimulation, my brain's not resting, even though my body feels like it might be resting. So what I have decided to do is I I keep all notifications off for my social media and I have decided to only check it at certain parts of the day. So I'm not checking it until about nap time when my kids are consumed with other things and then after bedtime for a little bit. So maybe that's something to consider if you're finding similar things. And I notice when I put those boundaries in place, then I am less likely to feel the need to continue doing it. You know, that dopamine hit of like, (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, um, and I, so I just leave my phone on the counter. No one really needs to get a hold of me during the day anyways. And it's just so much easier not to be consumed in your phone. I don't want my kids to think that that's more important than them. And so it's just been really helpful. And I think it's really good for our mental health to have those breaks. Okay. Um, the other thing that I really want to try to do that I would encourage you to do as well, if you don't, which I am not a good journaler. I just, I don't like to journal because I think much faster than I can write, but one of the connection strategies for parents is called listening partnerships. And I'm not going to get deep into that here because that will take up a lot of time and this is already going to be lengthy. Um, but it's just a way for you to kind of process the things that you have stored up from childhood, from other experiences and allow your brain the space to process. And so my goal is to just get into daily journaling five minutes, even, um, just to allow my brain to be processing things, especially because I am alone with my kids. I mean, my husband obviously comes home from work um, and I can talk to him, but there's so much, even if you do go out of the home, like you're taking on a lot, all your kids' emotions and feelings. And when you're trying to come at it with a more regulated, calm perspective, and you're con- consciously trying to be thinking about your responses, it's really exhausting for your brain. And at some point your brain is too tired to contain everything it's trying to contain. And so this is a really good way to offload what you've been taking in from everybody around you. So that is another one of my goals and I have not done it at all yet this year. So we are three days in and I haven't gotten to that goal, but it's going on my list. Daily journaling is not my number one thing to get into. Um, So what I'm going to do from the list I created is I'm going to get one thing in place and then I'm going to add in another one. So I'm not putting a time limit on it because then it's like, well, if I don't get to the next thing by this time, well then now I'm behind, you know, so I don't want any of those feelings. So I'm going to get into getting my food where it needs to be and drinking water and then I will proceed down the list. Okay. So moving on to kids. So some of the things that we're going to continue doing. So these might be things that you do already do, or maybe you don't. Um, so I do a lot of listening sessions. <laughs> that is one of my strengths, listening through upsets. But I will say that something that's more challenging for me is the transition from like toddlerish tantrums to childhood attitudes. <laughs> this is, you know, another sanctifying process where I have to choose my response. Whereas, um, you know, when my toddler has a tantrum, it's easy for me to listen. It's easy for me to follow the steps. And when my you know, older child is starting to have some more attitude or whining, this is now where my 
my um, mind has to be shifting like, okay, what strategies do I need to use now to kind of approach his behavior that's transitioning in the same way that I would, you know, my toddler, but obviously it's going to look a little bit different. So consistent listening sessions and then more play. Sometimes I think we can get so serious. Like if our child, like yesterday, I shared this example on my Instagram stories, you know, my, my, well, he's almost four. I don't know if you consider a four-year-old a toddler, but (laughs) Um, he asked if he could watch TV at my parents' house because we were going to go there when my older son was at wrestling practice. And I said no. And we'll get into screen time in a little bit. But he he screamed fine in my face and turned around. And so normally I feel like that would prompt us as a parent to be like, hey, you know, come back here. You don't talk to me like that, that sort of thing. Instead, I just went, okay. And he turned around and started laughing at me. And then the situation dissolved. Like, I think sometimes we feel like we have to be so serious because otherwise our kids won't learn and they'll think things are funny and then they won't follow our direction. But the truth is that when we're so stern and we're constantly nagging on them, it's making the behavior worse when it doesn't have to be. Like we can dissolve situations um, through laughter and play. And that doesn't mean that we're negating that this is an issue or that you can't talk that way. It just means that we're allowing the child to process whatever is coming up for them in a connecting way. And then if you need to address it more later, you still can. Um, But it's also just more joyful in your home. And as moms, we are the emotional thermostat of our home. Maybe there's a few homes where it's the dads, but generally that's like, you know, kind of our skill, right? And even if you don't feel skilled in it, we kind of set the tone and that's not to be um, overwhelming. I don't want that to be overwhelming, but I think it's it's an opportunity for us to recognize, okay, my kids are really whiny and really naggy lately. Am I being that way? And I find that oftentimes it's true. My attitude is seeping onto them. And then with their attitude, then because I have an attitude, it's getting more of an attitude and it just continues. When I can stop and play and make things more fun and turn things around, then the whole feeling of our environment in our home changes. So really trying to respond more in play. That is difficult for me. The listening is super easy. Coming with play is challenging. And that's because most of us weren't raised like when you talk back or when you whine or when you're nagging, you're not usually dealt play, right? You're usually dealt a consequence. And there's nothing wrong with you know, addressing needs that need to be addressed. But I also think that there is room for play and it's such an important piece of childhood. The last thing that um, we're really going to continue is special time. If you don't do special time, I'd highly encourage you to do that. If you don't know what that is, I want you to join my challenge that's coming in a couple days. Um, It starts Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There'll be a training every day. The first training is going to be on a connection strategy, special time. And we're going to dive deep into it. I'm going to give you action steps to take with you, um, a bonus free resource. So if you're not already in the challenge, go to the show notes and join. It will be so worth it. Um, But it is the best way to connect with your child or one of the best. But it also doesn't often result in you being triggered as a parent. And it just provides this really easily attainable time for both you and your child to be together, to allow them some control, to allow them more attention, engagement without distraction. It's just really great. And so um, we are just kind of adjusting how we're doing it. We used to do it before bed with our two kids. Uh, My husband would take one and I would take the other and then we would swap. Now that we have a third, um, what I have been doing, because I think it's really important that I am doing it with them during the day. 
just almost as a like regroup. So when I put Luella down for one of her naps, then we do, um, I do a special time with each of them. And now sometimes this is going to look, um, this is going to take some training for your younger children to understand what that means. And that's okay. Um, so anyway, I'm not going to dive deep into that because we're going to talk about all that in the challenge. So join me there if you want to hear more about that. Um, the other, there's a few other things we are going to get into a better routine of doing chores. I think it's really important for my kids to have responsibility and consistent responsibility. Um, so the thing with some of these goals that I have for them is we are creating again, habit stacking. So after lunch, since we're already in the kitchen, that is the time when my kids unload the dishwasher. They've had the morning to play. They're, you know, already in the kitchen. And so it's just an easy okay, now we're going to transition to dishes. And sometimes it's not always easy, right? Like today they were whining about it. And so again, instead of being like, well, this is your chore and you need to help around here. You know, I just turned on a silly song and guess what? They started singing and dancing along to it. And it became so much lighter of a mood and I didn't have to get frustrated and I didn't have to address anything. Um, so anyway, thinking about the goals that you have for your kids and also how can you habit stack for them too so that they recognize what's coming. Okay, we have lunch. That means our chores next. So it's not every day um, challenging for them to do what you're expecting of them to do. They just know this is what we're, what we're going to do and they can kind of prepare for that. Um, I also really, I heard this on another podcast, but focusing on a theme each month. So this might be different for you if you aren't home with your kids all day, but I just feel like um, it can be for, for anyone. Like I think it's really hard to try to be intentional about every specifically like character quality that you want to develop in your child all the time. And so thinking of a theme each month that we can focus on, you know, for example, generosity. How can we be generous this month? What does that even mean? Um, what are some acts of generosity? How can we recognize that in each other? And just picking a theme each month that we can focus on. For me, I'm also going to incorporate um, a Bible verse or two because I think that's really important to be um, writing scripture on our hearts so we can draw from that when we need to. And um, I'm not really great at doing that right now. Um, my oldest goes to Awana and he memorizes very well, um, but my middle child doesn't do any of that. And so I think that it's a really good way to help me again, be accountable, but not make it so overwhelming. We're just going to pick one thing and we're going to focus on it. And then I can intentionally be talking about it. But also when I'm recognizing one of my children are being generous, I can mention that because that's what we're focusing on. I do want to try to get into one-on-one -on -one dates. So I know this is different than screen time. And I think adding a third child, I think anytime you add a child to your family, it's really important that your other child or your other kids recognize that it doesn't change how you feel about them. Because while that might seem obvious to us, it's not necessarily to them. It'd be kind of like, this seems extreme, but I think it gives us a good perspective. It would be like if your husband came home with another woman and was like, she's going to live with us, but I still love you, <laughs> you know? So just taking that perspective and, and wanting to really, especially as my kids are getting older, wanting to help them feel seen and heard for the things that they individually love and enjoy. Um, two more, because I just heard my... <laughs> my almost four-year-old come out from nap. Um, getting outside. I really want a goal of getting outside every day, not only for them, but for me. 
So I don't know if you've heard of The Thousand Hours Outside. If you have not, I would highly encourage you to go check out that podcast. It is really good. And she also just came out with another book that I got for Christmas that I'm excited to dive into. But there's just so much benefit and even emotionally and behaviorally to being outside. So our goal is going to be to get outside for a thousand hours. Um, And my goal, one of the things on my list that I talked about is to just get outside every day. It might be for a couple minutes, maybe longer, especially here where the winters are cold and having a new baby. Like, I'm just not quite sure. I think once we get into a consistent schedule and her naps are longer, then it will be easier for me to take the other kids outside. And so that will be our plan. But for right now, sometimes her naps are 30 to 60 minutes. Um, So getting all the gear on and then getting outside, you know, there's a lot involved there. But it's just, I sometimes feel like I never get any fresh air because I'm inside a lot. Like I'm not leaving the house a whole lot at this point. So that is another one of our goals. And it's so good for our kids, like I said, behaviorally, emotionally, socially, mentally, all of the things. And if your child goes to school and you're they're not home with you all day, you can modify this. Like you don't have to do a thousand hours outside if it feels like, how am I going to do that? Maybe it's 300 or something, but I would just really encourage you to try to get them out as much as possible, especially if your child's school is one that does a lot on screens, because I know that's becoming more of a thing these days. And one thing that I heard on a one of the podcast episodes of the Thousand Hours, a Thousand Hours Outside podcast was um, the guest was talking about how as soon as she goes to get her kids from school, they they immediately go to like the creek or something with a couple other families and they just play there for a while after school. So maybe that's something that's an opportunity for you. Maybe you could pick your kids up and go to a playground or, you know, go to a hiking trail or something and just allow them space to be outside. It's especially good. I think if you can do that because they've been in, in school all day, right? They've been sitting, trying to contain everything and why not allow them to process things by running and moving their bodies outside and getting the fresh air versus coming home and trying to do all the things yourself, get meals ready and clean and all the stuff. And then you have the behavior on top of it because now they have to offload in ways that either require more of your attention or you can't give the attention and you notice more behaviors and it then becomes you get triggered and just becomes lots of chaos. So if that's something that's that you can do, I would encourage that. And I think it's another great way to build community. Like I said, I'm feeling lacking in community. And if you and an, even one other family is at the park or the playground or, you know, walking through a public, I don't know, woods, I don't know what city people have. Um, But if you can convene together or you're just in the same space, it makes it easier to start conversations. And the last thing I want to talk about is screen time. Um, So as far as screen time goes, I was going to completely eliminate it during the week altogether. And I told my oldest, well, you can ask daddy what he thinks. Because a lot of times, just because I'm home all the time, I feel like I make a lot of the decisions and I don't necessarily want it to be just me making the decisions. So he said he thought 30 minutes was fine um, every day. And I don't think there's anything wrong with 30 minutes a day. I just, um, sometimes I wonder like, do we even need it? Um, So I told my kids 30 minutes a day and it's going to be something that is not really overstimulating. So um, 
my oldest likes documentaries. So we have curiosity stream. I think it's like $20 a year or something. It's really affordable and they have so many different types of documentaries. So that's what he chooses to watch. And then I let my middle, I always want to call my youngest. He's not my youngest anymore. He can choose between if you give him us a cookie, it's kind of like old school Arthur where it's like drawing. So there's not like all this flashing stuff going on with, you know, Coco Melon and all the, the new shows now. Like if you go back, I actually told, uh, showed them how I used to watch the Boomafoo cause I saw it was on prime and oh my gosh, <laughs> it is crazy. The, the difference these days. Um, so just finding shows that aren't so loud and flashy. So, he, um, if you give a mouse cookie, um, or wild Kratz, because I just think I want the, I'm really attentive to the things that are being consumed. Like what are they hearing? Um, what are they seeing? And lots of the shows these days are things that I don't want my kids to be consistently exposed to. And it's not that you can't talk about those things, but I'm not necessarily watching the shows with them all the time. And I also noticed that aside from just the increased stimulation of the show, they can get into different types of behavior based on what they're watching. So there's that. And I also think you have to attend to each of your children, like how much can they actually sit for before you notice increased behavior, whether it's from the stimulation from the screen or just because they've been sitting too long. So I noticed that my oldest, like 30 minutes is a good time frame. If he gets much beyond that sometimes, then it can be challenging. So, and then we're going to do like a family movie night every Friday. Um, just something fun on those days. We won't be doing any screens during the day. And I think sometimes people hear that and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. That like, how am I going to do that? There's going to be so much more behavior or it's going to be so challenging and it's actually not. So if you've been thinking about it, I would just really encourage you to jump in. Like there were so many days where we would, they would get up and I would turn on a show because I'm still really tired (laughs) and I just want to lay around for a little bit. But when we don't do that, it just goes so much smoother. Like you think it's going to be harder, but once you hold the limit and, and even just tell your kids ahead of time, okay, this week, remember, we're not going to be watching TV when we wake up in the morning and you can still have your 30 minutes at this designated time. Then they know they still get opportunity, but they know also that we're not going to do it right when we wake up. Things go so much smoother honestly. Like yesterday, my kids played together, which they don't often play together very much kindly, and they don't play that long together. They played for probably at least an hour without any fighting. That is literally unheard of. Um, So I just really want to encourage you that it isn't as hard as it might sound. Prepare your kids Give them the opportunity to still have time and let them know when that's going to be, but not right away in the morning. I find that just throws off the whole day. Um, and then on the weekends, it'll be a little bit looser, maybe. But just because, you know, dad's home and it's the weekend. And so anyway, I don't know what that's all going to look like, but that's what we're going with for right now. So I hope this was helpful. Just really focusing on being more intentional and then for me, being consistent about the routines and habits that we're putting into place and really, really, really focusing on connection, the different ways to connect. For me specifically, 
focusing on play. How can I incorporate play, some type of play? I um, shared seven different ways to play in a um, an email. I don't think I ever did a podcast episode about it. Or did I? <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. I'm tired. Um, but anyway, there's so many different ways to play that it's not that challenging. It just takes some effort. So I'm taking all the conscious effort I have to put into responding during the listening session and shifting that to play because I feel pretty con- um, confident and consistent in my response in listening sessions. Um, and again, if you don't do special time, I'd highly encourage you to add that to your goals, habits, routines for this year. If you have any other ones, I would love for you to share with me. Um, and I would also love to extend an invite again to the challenge that I'm hosting in a couple days. If you can't make it live, there's going to be recordings and there's also going to be bonus resources each day that will actually give you an exercise to take with you to implement what we're talking about. This isn't just to like, let's sit back and listen and consume something else. This is like, let's hear the lesson and then let's dive into community together as moms because that's what I feel like I'm lacking. I want to create that space for myself and other moms. And then let's also actually take action and let's move forward into this new year in taking hold of the situation and not just feeling stuck and overwhelmed in behaviors. Yes, it takes conscious effort to be transitioning some of these things, but what you're paid back from doing it is so much better than just staying stuck and feeling like it's too much. So like push yourself a little bit, join this challenge. You have nothing to lose. It is completely free, but it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of value. (laughs) So I would love for you to join me, go to the show notes, click the link, put in your email. That's all you have to do so that you can get all the links to the calls. And then also, so you can have access to the recordings if you aren't able to attend, or maybe you do attend and you want to listen at a later time, you will have that opportunity too. So I can't wait to see you there. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at Kaylee Josiah and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.